Man, I'm having so much fun. This is a $1.6 trillion industry. I'm talking about the food and beverage space. If you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Yes, it's hard work, but my gosh, the companies, the brands, the flavors, the experiences, the missions, it's fantastic. But some of the brands are different, better, and special. They're the ones who are able to really compete and vie for customer loyalty. Look, I know you want to make your brand different, better, and special. I know you yourself want to be different, better, and special. That's my mission. That's why you're here. Join me on this journey as I interview CEOs and founders from all the different companies within the food and beverage industry so we can discover what they're doing, so we can take that information back, digest it, and become better ourselves and to help our companies take on different strategies, pick the right technology, pick the right partners. And of course, you got to have great tasting food. You got to have great tasting beverages, packaged goods. If it doesn't taste good, you're lost. I'm sorry. You're going to lose millions. If you're new here, take the five episode challenge. Go back, pick out some brands and CEOs, some topics. If you love the content, subscribe. You're going to find it on every podcast platform once or twice a week. But I also publish them on LinkedIn because that's where we kind of hang out. So when you see it on LinkedIn, stop by, make a comment, share it back into your food and beverage network. I would appreciate it. The brands would appreciate it. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thanks for coming along on this mission for the past two years. If you are considering a strategic job change, message me. Let's have a confidential conversation. If your brand is growing and you need to attract experts, you also need to contact me because I have created a different, better, and special recruiting system. I promise you, no other search firm in America is doing that. Who am I? I'm Tony Moore. I'm an expert food and beverage headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and I'm here each and every week Stay tuned for this week's episode. All right, I've got a pop quiz. What is $10 billion and is, is expected to grow to $16 billion by the year 2030? Okay, that is the global ketogenic diet market. Uh, we don't hand out stock tips here. Maybe we should. That's a fantastic uh, trajectory uh, for for an industry, and we've got some interesting guests in today. Matt, I, I don't know, un, I don't understand. You've agreed to another podcast. I know, I lost a bet. It must be uh, you know part of the uh, reparations. But yeah, no, I'm excited <laughs> to have uh, you know Pete Fastias on again, and uh, you know talk and, and really learn. Uh, again, the, the secrets in the background, you know, the, the Genius Gourmet brand people have probably run into in their, uh, their shopping trips, maybe to Costco with the, uh, the keto bars and snacks, etc. But it's fun to, um, again, dig deep and learn more about where it's uh, come to be and just Pete's background and, and really how we got here. So I think it's a, um, a really interesting one and it's good to reconnect and be able to, uh, you know, share the news. Yeah. So, uh, Pete, yeah. So you're, you're stepping into the gauntlet. So thank you, a brave man to, to be in a, a two on one. You don't have a tag team partner, so you'll have to deal with, with both of us today. Um, yeah, no, seriously, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Seriously. Appreciate it. No, thanks. Happy to be here. Appreciate it. So we, uh, 
just unbeknownst to me, you know, we do shop at, at Costco and I, for about three months, I was on a very low uh, carb restriction diet. I, as people know, you know, I like to cycle. I do. I, I am a cyclist and sometimes we're known as weight weenies because when you're riding again, you know, with other people who are maybe 10, 20, 30 years younger, whatever, they're not carrying around as much weight. Let me just tell you, you get crushed in these group rides or any kind of a race. It's like you're literally carrying a kettlebell, you know. So it's like I got to I got to lean out a little bit, right? So I got into keto, I got into this and I was in um, Costco and I found this brand and lo and behold, Genius Gourmet was there. It's kind of it was kind of near the checkout and I was telling my wife, I said, "Man, these look really good. I kind of want like a sugary what I thought at the time, a sweet finish, you know, to, um, to these meals that I was having with, with no carb or very low carb come to find out this is your company. These things are fan. Honestly, I, I my paid to say this. These things are fantastic. These little, they're great. So I'm so Matt, thank you for, uh, this is a very relevant, uh, guest here for me today. You know, I love it when it connects with my life it's it's something that, that we that we can really get into and, and, and talk through. I like to snoop through your uh, your kitchen and your pantry and just see, see what brands that you what uh, engage with, and that's how we get there. That's, yeah, makes me more. That's the secret to PR. Exactly. Yeah, guys, that's this it. is why you should work with Blaze PR. So, Pete, no, I'd love you know. Again, we've worked in the past, but I'd love to hear at least that, that little you know, elevator speech of how you know you get to this point, especially with um, the keto brand. Within that, knowing that, you know, again, you guys are good at, you're not chasing trends, you're really creating something, it's taste is always has to win, and then the packaging and all those aspects. So no, I'd love to hear the story. Yeah, you know, over the last 10 years, I uh, worked with this one investor, and uh, we pioneered some things, launched a lot of food items. <clears throat> Matt, one of the ones we launched with you guys was uh, Coco Amazing, which was at the time, the first of its kind, it was a sparkling organic flavored coconut water. And uh, it was incredible and it was brand new and pioneered, you know, something different in the coconut category. Um, and we kind of did the same thing here with, with Genius Gourmet. You know, we kind of saw the writing on the wall that like keto was coming and it was coming in a, in a big way. Um, and, and keto meaning a lot of things, you know, not just the, the, the high fats and the moderate protein, but it really it's the low sugar and it's the low carbs. And I think that's what's checking the main boxes and, and the fat can be there. It doesn't have to be there, but um, for most diehard keto people, it is. Um, and so we developed this bar with our manufacturer about uh, about three years ago, a little over three years ago, and launched in November of 2019 these, these keto bars and thought, wow, this is a delicious product. We're really excited about it. We feel like there's, there's something going here. And, uh, and it just took off like wildfire. And it's just been you know, we can barely just keep the wheels on this thing. The growth has been so fast in the last three years, even through COVID and just navigating that whole thing and not being able to go to a trade show and not be able to have buyer meetings and sample this thing. And, and as scary as that was, you know, it really pushed us to the direct to consumer model during that time and said, well, let's just get it in people's hands. And the thing blew up. And then from there, we will get in retail and of course, you know, Costco and, and all these other big anchors like HEV and, and Wegmans and things like that. Um, and in less than three years, you know, we've been able to grow a pretty large business. We have a pretty nice trajectory and I'm pretty excited about where it's going and, uh, and what, you know, uh, where the keto trend is going right now. 
And when you look at it too, again, you started was it with the bars first, and now it's become a full line. How how did that uh, you know really snowball? Yeah, yeah. So we started with just two bars, you know, a peanut butter chocolate and a chocolate. You know, you you go out and you make them, and you just try it and go like, let's just see if this works. We don't know. I mean, you just put it on Amazon and you try to build a presence. And I just love Amazon for that uh, that platform because you can get instant data. I mean, it's so fast. You can get so much information from that. And the platform's so big, you know, for us, it's even bigger than direct to consumer with Shopify. And we use it to kind of validate things and, and test. And you can change your, you know, your pitch and your, and your, um, just the selling points on there and just, and, and just see real lifetime data. And just, it's, to me, it's like IRI. It's like getting that IRI data and then it validates you. So yeah, we just started with that. And then we were able to come out with these snack chips that were, you know, two carbs and, and nine protein and, and a, a nice savory snack for those looking to kind of get away from the, something sweet and, um, and ventured into other things. And we have a nice pipeline of more treats coming out over the next 12 months that we're pretty excited about. I'd be curious to learn a little bit more about how you're using Amazon as your incubator because you mentioned these chips. So do you launch you know new ideas there or do you do a little more testing in like a hope hyper local market before you take it to amazon what's the what what's the play there yeah it's pretty much just amazon i've got a really good in in-house person that's our vp of marketing that is a he's really a great amazon guru and knows a lot about it um he's had his own brands on there and um he just he he knows how to look through and find little niches and um, in white space out there. And, um, and we usually just launch everything there. That's our first, that's where we launch everything. Um, as scary as that is sometimes when we go make, you know, 150,000 keto bars or, uh, you know, as expensive and scary as that is, it's, it's a nice, it's, it's an instant area to get full. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> you know, it's, but you figure it out pretty fast. Um, if anything, you can, you know, you can move things through there in the long run. Um, we've launched a lot of things over there. We have other brands as well we, that we focus on and, um, that we do a lot over there in the xylitol space with, with gum and with dry mouth products and, and dental care and things like that, that does really well. And we're able to, to really just look for white space and opportunities there. Um, and sometimes they branch into retail like the keto and sometimes they just kind of stay over there and it's, it's an Amazon brand and, you know, you can do a couple million dollars a year just by being on Amazon and maybe that breaks into some e-commerce accounts. And then eventually the hope is to get into retail. But sometimes these brands, they're just for Amazon and and, uh, and e-commerce and direct to consumer, if you will. And then as your team, when you look at that, and that, that seems like that's okay. So your team can can pivot and be able to do both, you know, play in mm-hmm. both spaces. So I think that's an interesting yeah. aspect as well. Exactly. So we, you know, Josh goes out and, and just kind of pioneers it on Amazon. And sometimes, you know, it usually takes six to 12 months to kind of pioneer it, get that data and, and the rank, rankings and reviews so we can show buyers like the data and be like, you know, Amazon, you, you can't really fudge the numbers. You know, you can't buy likes. We don't play that game because you start buying reviews, you're going to get kicked off the, the platform. So it's, it's really a, a non-subjective place to go play and prove yourself to these buyers and show these buyers, Hey, look, it's working and here's our rankings and whatnot. And then hopefully convince them to, to give it a shot. And then from there, you know, James takes it and as our VP of sales, he takes it out to the brokers and the retailers and, and pioneers it in, 
in year two and three. And that's kind of what we've done with Genius Gourmet the first year. You know, we we did $800,000 in sales and we're like, all right, a million dollars. It's amazing. I didn't think we could do this. And and then the second year, you know, start getting into retail, you're, we're at $4 million. You're like, unbelievable. This is, you know, rapid growth. And then from there, you know, 11 and now we're on track to do uh, $20 million this year and, and just keep growing like around 100%, you know, which is a, a pretty rapid growth trajectory. It but is. Um, we've we're on a wild stallion here. This ride's like <laughs> crazy. We're just trying to. I mean, that is a on. good analogy. You know, it's like no saddle. You know, you're just bucking yeah. and just holding on. Well, obviously, that's spinning off cash now to help fund any other new ideas you have. But I do think about exactly. that that new brand that wants to get on Amazon. They have heard about this fantastic area to do incubation and find those white spaces. And I know they think, well, how much money is this going to cost me? Because you just had one hundred and fifty thousand. What'd you say, hundred and? Yeah, well, that, like that's for bars. So the bar category is, in my opinion, bars and drinks are a tough category to get in. They're expensive and they're concentrated. There's a lot of bar competitors out there. I mean, it, there's a lot of people who want to because because they just see these like huge acquisitions. You know, the Hershey's are coming in and buying companies for 10X and Nestle. So this is huge opportunities to like, wow, the score is so big. And so we look at that and we go, yeah, let's go play in that arena. We have the cash for that. But like our other company, we're looking at smaller areas like a dry mouth. We're, we're dealing with dry mouth products. Um, and, you know, it costs us $7,000 to launch an item and get it on Amazon. And that's, that's not, I mean, that's nothing. I mean, and right. then from there we can do another one and another one and we can kind of grow that. So you, you just got to kind of find the right area where maybe the barrier to entry is a little smaller, um, where you go like powders, you know, that's a smaller barrier to entry, but then it's also concentrated. There's a lot of people doing powders because, um, the minimums are low and whatnot. So we try to find areas that are, you know, maybe low barrier to entry or, or there's a void. Like we felt like with keto, there was a lot of, there was a void. There was a lot of products with high sugar alcohols, high fibers, um, and then playing the net net carb game. And we were like, let's develop something without this, this math equation on the back of the packaging. Let's try, let's try to make something that doesn't hurt your gut. That's family friendly for everybody. But most importantly, it's a 10. It tastes great. It has to taste great. So, you know, that's where we found that niche over there. And that was a big barrier to entry because it was expensive to, to get into the market and it has paid off for us, but that doesn't always happen. It has, didn't happen with the coconut water uh, company we had because, um, I mean, that thing grew so rapidly, Matt. I mean, we were in Costco and Sam's Club. That was our first account. And then coconut water just kind of became a thing of the past about 18 months in and everyone woke up and said, I don't really like coconut water anymore. And, and then it was over. And it was like a flash in the pan. So. Um, you know, you, you try to calculate as best you can and look for opportunities. And some of them are like low buried entries. And um, that's what we try to do. And we're not always perfect at it. We've had many failures over the last 10 years. But the main thing is we just keep trying. We just keep trying. And eventually things start sticking. And, and for us, it's been a formula. Like sometimes we've had the right products, but not the right team. Sometimes our timing's off. There's all these different, it's just this formula that has to come into place. And like with Genius Gourmet, we were able to assemble this really great team and have some great products and catch the market swell at the same time to see keto take off. So it, it was this perfect storm that's finally lined up. Um, and so really, it, it's timing too, right? You could have this great product, but the market's not ready for it. 
And, and a funny example is that is we had a, a, a brand seven, uh, six years ago, we had a sports nutrition brand with a, with a protein bar that did fine, but it was a protein bar and it was kind of sporty and sports nutrition and it just did okay. And it kind of fizzled out after about five years, but the bar was great. And so now we're saying, let's take that bar and let's just make a small tweak and let's put it under Genius Gourmet because Genius Gourmet now has that platform. So we're just laughing, Lance and I going, oh my gosh, seven years ago, we had this great bar, didn't work, cost us a million dollars through the, the lifespan of that company. We closed it down and thought, wow, what a bummer. And here we are all these years later to go, we're reviving it again. We have great interest. But again, it's timing and it's the right branding. And it's just like this whole thing. And we're like, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's kind of wild to ride that out. Yeah, I would say, and, and consumers really are looking for those innovations now. And I think to your point, seven years mm -hmm. ago, I think the consumer wasn't as trained to be looking at, at, at those aspects. And I think some of it may have been COVID. People had all that time to sit at home and be yeah. able to really look and engage. And I think that's part mm -hmm. of it is to say, okay, what can I ingest and really have something that's going to you know taste great, do do what it needs to do, and make me have you know feel that I'm uh, you know giving myself something you know that it's a treat, but it's sort of that secret treat. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, seven years ago, people weren't looking at sugars and carbs like they are today. I mean, I, you know, there's a few examples of some companies out there that had very high sugars in their products, almost as much protein as they had. And they were a hundred million dollar company. And now consumers are finally like going, oh, that's just a, it's a, it's sugar. It's a, it's a cookie. It's a treat. It's actually just with some protein in it. So they're becoming smarter. Yeah, absolutely. And more educated on what's causing obesity you know, is it, it's not fat, <laughs> you know, I mean, we all grew up, you know, grew up in the eighties, everything was fat free and that was, you know, causing obesity. It's really sugars and carbohydrates that are, that are driving that now. So this idea of you have to, you know, the timing has to be right and you have to have the right team in place. I'm curious, do you bring everyone in house or do you focus on having those key kind of third party vendor relations? What, what seems to work best for you when you're innovating products? Yeah. So as far as starting with manufacturing, we outsource everything because the barrier to entry with manufacturing is so great and we're not experts in manufacturing. Um, with product development, we try to hire specialists. Sometimes that's at the manufacturer level. Sometimes it's a third party that we bring in and say, help us develop this, this item. Um, and so, you know, we always kind of outsource that, but we're driving like what we want and the parameters of what we want and trying to push them. But we're always trying to find people that are trying to innovate. And we partner with a great manufacturer that has a really innovative team that is always trying to pioneer something brand new. They don't like to make me too products. So it kind of starts with that. And then from my from my in-house team here, we really start small. You know, when we first started, it was me and and my marketing guy. And he he, you know, and we're outsourcing packaging and design and artwork, and he's driving just branding. Um, direction and Amazon, and that's it. So it's just the two of us. Um, that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is about as skeleton. Yeah, crew, you, can, you, know? you can't just, get any more uh, lean. No, and I mean, I've got you know, and I've got pallets in my garage, and I'm shipping you know samples out, and I'm in there in the morning, and we're you know getting stuff out to brokers, and we're doing some stuff to Amazon, and um, we're we're just bootstrapping, and then from there, you know, it's like okay, let's bring on a sales guy. And go out there and um, and pioneer that. And, and I'm not hiring guys that are like experts, expensive people. I'm hiring hungry, entrepreneurial-minded, 
young individuals that are looking to go pioneer their career that are that are really hungry. Um, but they're also very entrepreneurial. The guys that have either had their own business or you know things like that. Um, and so we just start in that way. And in my my VP of sales was doing real estate while he was working for me because I didn't have enough money to pay him. So it's like, keep doing your real estate gig, keep doing this, and let's just make it work because I can't pay someone full time right now. And so let's just try to juggle it. And then from there, we just keep adding, you know, pieces, logistics, supply chain, things like that. But there's a point where then we're done, and then we, you know, outsource the warehousing um, and. Uh, in that, but we handle all our logistics and things like that in, in, internally. And we're able to do it with six people because we just run it very lean. Um, we all kind of wear a lot of hats and assist each other. So there's a little bit of crossover everywhere, but that's, that's kind of our model. Matt, this seems very consistent with what we're hearing is that people want to focus on their brand, the brand, the marketing, yeah. the content, right. And just, outsource everything else. And that's pretty consistent, I think, with a lot of the lifestyle brands that you work with. Yeah, I mean, consumer, you went on brand, you went on flavor. I mean, it's really what consumers look for. And to that point about the research, and I think that's an interesting play. I think the other thing I'd be curious to learn too, again, as the keto's expanded, how you um, how you look at your pipeline, how you're looking that two, three years, because you're on this stallion, but how do you try and stay ahead of that? Or at least, uh, you know, yeah. in that regards, because I know that especially in the Costco world, those guys can be very finicky and you know, they're always saying what's mm-hmm. next, what's next. You know, they look at you guys as the uh, the ticket. Yeah, luckily. So the um, owner of our company and founder, he was the owner and uh, he was one of the owners and he was the founder and CEO of Premier Protein. And they, they started the company in 1997 with like $30,000 and three guys and they made great tasting protein bars. And so Lance, you know, um, he, they sold that company in 2012 and Post owns them now and they're publicly traded and they're a billion dollars. And, um, you know, one of the biggest growing fastest companies out there. Um, and, and so, you know, I usually lean heavily on Lance's expertise because he's really like the Willy Wonka for us. And he has been, he's pioneered so many things in nutrition and protein over 15 years and going from the nineties to 2022, like the trends he's seen and even like the trends that are coming back. Um, you know, and we really try to rely heavily with him. And so he's kind of like our mastermind when we have our brainstorm meetings on, um, what he thinks is coming and what we, you know, what come or coming back. Um, yeah. So he's your so, futurist. He's your, your kind guy. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. And we're always trying to, you know, use his expertise and, and his experience to go, you know, what do you think? And, uh, you know, what do you think's next? And we're, we're always looking at other items trying to develop stuff and uh and and that's what we're doing right now and so we have things that are keto but we have things that are more you know heavily protein and not necessarily just all keto we want to kind of venture out a little bit into you know keto is is kind of synonymous with diet and so we don't want to put ourselves in a category that's just diet i don't want to just live in the pharmacy shelf even though we sell in grocery and we do well in costco i want to be able to like you know, not just get ourselves stuck in a keto category and be known for keto. And so we're starting to venture into protein snacks as well, which is essentially almost the same thing, maybe just more moderate fats, but again, low sugar, low carb, you know, good source of protein, something for the whole family. So that's what we're kind of focusing the next couple of years on is trying to venture into just more protein, but everything else really the same. 
How about on the packaging front? That's what I always find interesting, and especially when you look at this brand, the simplicity. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it feels like it ties yeah. with keto. So that, that's an interesting take and how you guys approach packaging. Yeah, it was hard uh, going, you know, because we've really relied heavily on that word keto on our packaging, but we are Genius Gourmet. So I'm able to, you know, pull that keto off and we're still Genius Gourmet and Genius Gourmet can be lots of things. And so when we came up with that brand, you know, it, it can put us in a lot of departments and a lot of categories um, and gives us a lot of flexibility. I and mean, we can make frozen pizzas um, that are high in protein or low in protein. doesn't matter. We, we, there's a lot we can do with that name and brand. So pulling the keto off when we were working on our, on our vision boards and our design boards, it was, it was weird. You know, we're like, this looks weird. And so we, we've been coming up with a lot of new looks um, and uh, shown some re- – and working with some of the buyers and some of these big retailers, these partners, what do you guys think of these designs and, and partnering with them um, and uh, getting some good feedback from them. And I think we – I'm really excited about some of our new looks coming out and a little more colorful stuff because we've been, a, it's all black and white. It's all very simple. We relied heavy on keto, which is a trend. Well, now how do we rely heavily on our branding and, you know, and use that to, you know, continue to pull on those consumers that now know of us, but not so much on the keto word. And so that's what we've been, you know, as we transition to that, it's been kind of fun watching that change and, and putting new verbiage on there. Um, it was hard at first, but I'm excited with the results. I'm looking forward to I think those will be coming out in quarter one. Oh, good. We'll have to look for that because, yeah, because now what is 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 that clean, white, you know, packaging and the mm-hmm. keto really does jump out at it. And I, I like that. It was very yeah. it was very simple. It said pretty much what it was. And um, you have the little chef's hat. What What's the actual yeah. name for that? Oh, it's not. It, what is it? Uh, the little the chef hat. I just call it the chef hat. I don't that's know. That's what I uh, thought. I thought it, it's cute. No, it, and so that is that that is the brand, and it probably is quite odd to see it, you know, going through that transition. But you've got to win at the shelf. And I, but I am curious though because I know you you as you mentioned back during the the pandemic, you just started in uh, DTC. You know, you were on Amazon, but you're also in Club. Just from your own experiences launching brands and and kind of dealing with margins and the headaches from um, from both sides what's a little pro con for for the listeners but you know direct to consumer through amazon versus say the club channel i mean yeah going into the i mean club is great for us i mean the amount of distribution it's it's insane um the amount of product they take the simplicity of it um the amount of time that goes into it. It helps with cash flow and distribution. Just opens you up to so many consumers. Um, the the scary part about Club is if you're not ready yet, and if your product's not ready. And that's you know what happened with another brand with us, where we went in and it just wasn't ready, so it became a very expensive venture, and you know lost a lot of money. Talk about that a little bit. Failed. What what does that mean? Yeah. Be ready. Well, you want to know that you have good pull, you know, by, by being on Amazon for a while and a few, um, so we, you know, when we started on Amazon, we didn't go directly into club. It took us a year and a half. Um, and so we had all this time to go from Amazon to some small grocery to a Wegmans. And then once we were in like a, we- a Wegmans, which is a, a nice chain out of New York in that region, the Northeast that has good pull, 
that was really a validator for retail. And that made me give me a lot, gave me a lot of confidence for Costco that I felt like, okay, these numbers are staggering because we're able to get data from them. You can buy this data, which is so helpful and so important. And if you're an emerging brand, you need to get data. You need to have that information. Otherwise, you're blind. And to have that data gave us a lot of confidence. Like, I think this is going to equate into Costco and Big Box and it's going to work. And, and, and it did. Whereas before, when we had our, our coconut water company, our first account was Costco. And it just kind of did okay. It didn't do great. And it just kind of fizzled out. And it didn't have that retail um, data first to kind of prove prove it, either regionally uh, or in a certain chain or anything like that. So that's, you know, I would recommend not going into like Costco first, um, unless you can do like a road show, something small where you can kind of go test it for you right. know, a few weeks. Incubated in um, a few of them. Yeah. It really sounds like yeah, it's, it, it doesn't sound like it's really, it's a pro con. It actually sounds like it's a strategy, you know, get your data, mm-hmm. fine tune it, incubate it, which is a lot like how we were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago, Matt, when we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, using the convenience store you know, as that incubator, you need a place where you get access to people. My question too, would be within the club stores, uh, sampling, is that, is that back now post COVID and, and you, uh, you know, utilize the, uh, those services, do you see yeah. it as value or no? It is. Yeah, no, it is. And I wish I could sample, uh, in order to sample, you have to have a peanut tree product and our product uh-huh. has peanuts okay. in it because the allergen, um, our new products that we've developed, the buyers have said, hey, would you develop something that's peanut-free? Because we just love the demo products and we feel like you get such a lift. So we developed some peanut-free products that are coming out in uh, probably March. Um, we currently just promote it with lowering the price. I mean, Costco consumers are so confident that they, if they don't like it, they can take it back. And so there's that confidence of, hey, I don't like it, I take it back. So the risk is so low. But when you put it on promo, you see a, a, quite a bit of a lift because now it's even lower because now the barrier to entry is lower. It's 20% off or 25% off and it's promoted. And then if they don't like it, they can take it back. Um, so we found that um, not being able to demo, we just promote it on the shelf like that. And it gives us great lift short term and then long term. You see a nice lift also. And then what about with their... Um the marketing they do. So any of the, um, be it the, the magazines, the, you know, the digital ads, like, do you, do you play that game? Yeah. Guess, how does that look for, and now as it's evolved, I'm sure the beginning um, gets tougher. But well, yeah. I, yeah, to be in the magazines and the coupons, you have to be national. So we're not national. We're just playing in regional okay. markets, like yeah. the Northeast and Southeast Bay Area and rotations. Um, but one of the things that we found is interesting is Instacart. So Instacart has a Costco. Uh, you don't have to be a member to be on Instacart. So, for those of you in Costco, I'll share a little secret that we've learned to help drive business to Costco is using, you know, you can promote on Instacart. We can drive sales. We can advertise and promote. And because that skew is specific to Amatix, to Costco, so that, that 20 count is just specific to them, we can see the data. And so we can actually drive customers into Costco with Instacart and have seen a decent lift in there too. So that's where, you know, if you're in Costco, you can't, advertise in their magazine drive it with instacart and this you know anything we can do we're going to do so very cool all right that was a good one yeah yeah and i liked how you were positioned you know toward the i guess every story is maybe it's a little bit different but i thought where you had positioned yourself was was 
attractive for that impulse buy. It was a little bit of an impulse at the time. I remember for myself, you know, going through, we had a cart full of stuff and I looked over and there it was. And it the, the imaging looked so good on it. So I guess as we start to kind of wrap up, um, how much leeway do you have when it comes to placement, you know, in, in location in, inside these clubs? Not a whole lot. You can pay for that uh, sometimes. <laughs> just um, happy you to just be have there, to, right? You know, you know. Hope to be in there and you stand out and you can pay to be at the end cap, which is nice because I think you're always going to get more foot traffic there and more more uh, looks, um, especially if your product you know has a story and you can communicate that story in a couple seconds. Um, but usually it's just kind of luck of the draw. And, you know, we've just learned over the years to just, Hey, you know, we only have a second and we cannot busy the front of this packaging with, you know, like our branding is small. Genius gourmet is the, you know, one of the smaller things. I mean, sugar, protein, and keto is the main call outs on our product packaging because we have three seconds to grab them. And so we relied heavy on just selling macros, not saying great tasting or anything like that. That's subjective. So we, we just, we leaned heavily on that for us. That's what that made sense. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's luck of the draw in these stores. So you got a second, so look different. Well, yeah, we do talk about that, right, Matt? You got to be different, better, and special, and you've got a lot of those elements. So when you have the data and you're driving sales through Instacart, I mean, can you go to the buyers or go to the placement people and say, here's our case? I mean, you probably try. I mean, is, it, mm-hmm. is that a, does that work or do they just definitely. Like, kind of blow you yeah, off? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day though, the data, I mean, they, they, they care about pull and they know fast. These stores know pretty quickly if you're going to succeed or not. Costco can know in like a day. Um, other stores, it might take a couple months. Um, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, you just try to show them what you're doing. But at the end of the day, if you're saying, well, look at all what we're doing but the sales aren't there. It doesn't matter. You know, they, they move on quick. They just need pull. You got to hit those numbers. Um, and, but they like to hear that you're supporting it. They love that. How often are you, uh, yeah. And how often do you walk, walk the source? How often do you get out there and again, talk to the customers or secret, you know, secret shop, all that stuff. Well, I'm located in Idaho and we sell in the Northeast <laughs> and the Southeast. So I don't get to the East coast very often, usually a couple times a year, but, one of our uh, owners is out there often. Yeah. He's always walking around and he's checking shelves and he's talking to people. He loves going in. I think he goes in there almost every day after work on his way home to maybe face some shelves and take a picture. Um, he loves it. It's like, it was so cool for us to be in that region for him because being our main investor and owner, um, he, you know, he's really proud of it. So it was, it was fun for him. So it, on a local level, I try to go out, you know, once a week and, and sure. try to look at stuff and take pictures and whatnot. But. And are you finding, um, uh, you know, back to the um, pre-COVID, are you in person with buyers and retailers, your team or yourselves, or is it still the, it's still the Zoom world? It's still very strong Zoom. Yeah. I mean, even with Walmart recently, it was a Zoom, which, hey, it saves us money. It's convenient. But I, I love being in person. I mean, there's nothing better than being in person. Um, we've been able to meet a lot of buyers in at trade shows so we've gone to every trade show we can go to over the last two years so we focused all our money towards that and so we're just going to go to all the trade shows and even if we just met one buyer to meet them in person and have that connection and then go into a zoom call uh it was really helpful from a connection standpoint 
but yeah, we're still very digital. It's crazy um, to see it continue to go like this and have these, um, you know, Zoom meetings. But it's working, so we're going to keep doing it. it. Saves us, it saves everybody money. We'll be at Expo East, and then we're going to follow it up with the Nax show in uh, Las Vegas for because we're very strong at convenience store. So we're going to go to that as well. I will see you probably at both then. That'll be a good way to, to reconnect again. Oh. But this is, but no, this has been great. I appreciate yeah again the time. I think it was cool to catch up. Was also uh, learned. I learned a lot. I think the listeners will, and I think the um, the aspects of just really diving deep into this brand. That, like Tony said, you know, it, it stumbled. He stumbled upon it, and now uh, you know it is such a big part of the uh, the lexicon. As you know, it's in my you know as you know as you've been snooping through my kitchen, you know it's yeah. uh, it's it's now a part of it. Um, well, I, I'd like to send you some of these new things we're working on. I'd love to get your feedback on in our R&D stuff. So we'll connect after this and get your address and I'll send you some of these new snacks we have that we're trying to pioneer. Get definitely, your feedback on. definitely get some, get some good feedback, some Even honest feedback. Up, that's it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. One of the, uh, one of the, the benefits, the benefits is the right. samples. It's all about the samples. That's right. Um, what's the best way for people to really just kind of try this product for the first time if, if they're just hearing about it now is there a, a, a website a store locator what's yeah, they, the best way mm-hmm. they can go to they can go to genius gourmet um, or go to our website um, they can email us we'll tell them uh, we don't have a store locator yet it's a pretty expensive next step and we're not quite there yet we'll probably have that in quarter one uh, otherwise uh, they can just email us or they can go to amazon or our website and uh, make a purchase and try them out and again you know, there's no risk there. If they don't like it, they can get their money back. We're really great about that, taking care of people. Um, I want people to have low risk to try our products because once they do, they're pretty happy and they usually come back. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, and how about you, Matt? What's the best way for, for, for brands out there that are looking for a little more PR buzz? We don't always give you as many shout outs as we should. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Easiest is blazepr.com, and we have our info at blazepr is right on the uh, site. So, yeah, it'd be great to connect. Well, that's great. Well, thank you guys both for coming down and winning at work and kind of dishing out what's, uh, what's new in keto and kind of the lessons that you've learned through launching. It sounds like you guys have just got this machine just kind of dialed in now, and you can just kind of keep innovating and pushing new products out. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what shows up on my doorstep. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you both being here. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Matt.